Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is a Monday. You know what that means. It's time for your AEW review. I'm your boy, Big Tasty, as always. Joined this week by Jay. How's it going, mate? I'm all right. I'm a little bit uh, ropey because I was drinking a lot yesterday with Troy and Dan from Sweet Chipmunk. Oh, they're bad events, aren't they? Terrible. Ennis's. You in that there, London? I hear it's, uh, it's dangerous down there. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was all right, yeah. <laughs> I, I've got no forbidden door reference this week. We've just been Darren off because there's like proper wrestling on the show and he wouldn't like it. So yeah, it, it was it was quite it was quite funny actually. While we were in London, we tried to go through a door and it was locked. So we told the forbidden door and he really didn't like that. Actual forbidden door. Uh, and Aaron was actually so I was the only person on the podcast who wasn't at a wrestling show yesterday because you were at Progress and Aaron was for ICW watching Lizzie Ever, friend of the podcast. Podcast. So yeah, I felt that I was. I almost went. I almost like on the Spurs went to Rest Island to, to watch um, Alexis Fogan, but couldn't be honest going out because it was horrible. Yeah, just come to London, mate. <laughs> uh, sweet, right? Well, let's get straight into because uh, well, nothing's really happened in AEW this week, has it? <laughs> no, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Yeah, uh, before we jump into the Dynamite and Rampage reviews, we're going to have to talk very briefly because we talked about it at length with um, with Tom on main event. Yeah. And, Me and Troy are going to... And you're going to break it the fuck down tomorrow on the new show. Oh my God, it's so it's nice to be able to swear. It's yeah. so nice to be able to swear on podcasts again, man. Jesus Christ. It was like it was like being in school, doing... A, doing t- I loved it. I had a really good time, but fuck me, it was hard not swearing. Yeah, I... I uh... I always have to like think about what I'm gonna say because sometimes I'll just drop a shit in there. Yeah, shout out to Tom Clark. Tom Clark's main event. He had me and Jay on on Friday to talk about um, a lot of breaking. Re- oh, it was literally breaking wrestling news that, that Cody was leaving yeah. and, and everything. So he did not show up at Elimination Chamber. But yes, Cody Rhodes and Brandy have left um, AEW. And yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, it because it it, it also cool. just. It all sort of just developed like super quick. So it was like all of a sudden it was like Cody's leaving and he might be going to WWE. And then all of a sudden it was like Cody's left and WWE are expecting him to join them. And it's like, what the actual fuck is happening? Yeah. Um, and WWE at the time of recording have literally just put a video on the YouTube of the most shocking returns in wrestling on, on Monday Night Raws, I think it was. So, and And the thing is, like Cody was the one who famously was the one trying to bury, not bury WWE, but he was the one like sort of poking the fire, stoking the fire of it, wasn't he? He was the one who broke the throne. He was the one who kept making like the sort of remarks and promos and stuff like that. Well, Kenny said in that interview, didn't he, that a, a lot of like the kind of anti-WWE rhetoric was all Cody's like idea. They didn't want, really want to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because it was something that was heavily criticised. Um, Kenny just wanted to put on his like fake fire festival, didn't he? Yeah. Like, but it, it was something that, like, people have criticised so much. Like, whenever AEW make any reference to WWE, it's like, oh, fucking hell, here we go again. And it, it's very surprising to find... Well, it's not, but it, it's very surprising to find out that even though Kenny and the Bucks would do it, like, with, like, a sort of nudge-nudge, wink-wink sort of thing, that they really didn't want to be doing that. The, the Bucks do it quite a lot, but they only sort of, like, they sort of poke fun at, like, the absurdity. So, like, when they have that... That picture of them watching TV like over their shoulders, like looking backwards, and yeah, you know Matt yeah, doing they, Matt doing like they, mad like tag team shit as well. Yeah, 
it's not so much a send up of it's more of a send up as opposed to like firing shots and like it's more of a send up of wrestling tropes in general with the books I think yeah a lot of the time yeah I, I, I agree uh, right then we'll we'll crack into we'll, we'll we'll park that because I'm guessing you and Troy are going to dissect it thoroughly on the new show this week um, um, yeah but then again Troy hates Cody Rhodes so we probably won't, won't want to talk about it too much <laughs> watch Cody Rhodes will come oh, over what if we do the title tomorrow and Troy will have a fucking Cody what if, shares on what if, Cody, what, if, what if Cody Rhodes ruins his Wrestlemania that would be quite hilarious Oh, that would that would be that'd be quite funny. But yeah, despite the rumors to the contrary, he was not in um, Saudi Arabia for elimination, uh, elimination chamber. He did not show up, even when Bobby Lashley got taken out of the match, and someone thought everyone thought Cody was going to come in. Yeah, but no. um, soon. So yeah, so we'll jump we'll jump right into Dynamite then. Right, so this week's Dynamite opens up with. CM Punk sat cross-legged in the center of the ring, and I, I think I feel like I say this every time he's on the mic. But goddamn, I could listen to him all day. He's just so he's so relaxed on the mic, isn't he? And he's cutting a promo in front of that many people. And he just needs to do it with his, in his sleep, basically. You you do kind of forget how like captivating a um a talker he is, do you? Like un- until he's actually cutting a promo, and you kind of got lost in the moments of it. You do. Sometimes, like, kind of take for granted just how good he is. Yeah, and this was, this was quite a. This, I mean, this was one of his best. I mean, he hasn't had any bad ones, I don't think, since he's been in AW. But this was for me. In terms of just on one sided, it wasn't like a back and forth. There was no one else out there. In terms of just him on a microphone for like five ten minutes, this was perfect. He started off, um, and first of all, he's wearing the MGF mid T shirt with the word mid in Burberry, which is. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, he's got a box in front of him, and he's taught. He starts off by saying, "I'm seeing the, the whole. The whole idea of it was to kind of like mirror the pipe bomb, wasn't it? Yeah, and but it was it was knocked out. It was a lot of rest, a lot of history sort of crammed into this. So he started mm-hmm. off by saying, "I'm straight edge, I'm drug free, I'm alcohol free, and I'm better than you." Uh, and he, he delivered that like with a little bit of like fire in his eyes. He like, I'm like, "Whoa, what have I missed on here?" As, as, as Punk turned heel, but no, he just said, uh, "You know, he said those words over 20 years ago," and it's interesting that he. He included like the "I'm better than you," which is obviously now a part of MGF's character. Yeah, which is it, pretty... it, it, it's weird, isn't it? Until like it's pointed out, you don't really, you don't really notice how many um like similarities in the characters that they are. No, no, it's uh, and then he basically ran down MGF, um, ran down Long Island, which you love to see. Um, yeah, and they basically said that he has to pick. Obviously, he got to pick the. All the details for his match with MJF as he won last week. So he picks Revolution and he picks well. He's, and this is this is really good because MJF's been sort of building this for a while, comparing himself to Piper. And so yeah. I said, right, if you want to be like Piper, then you can you can have me in a dog collar match, basically. Yeah, a match which obviously Piper and Greg Valentine had that famous one. Yeah, which they referenced. <laughs> they did reference when uh, Cody and Brody had theirs. And they actually yeah, had, had Greg Valentine. Valentine. Yeah, they had him in the crowd. Really angry to be there in the crowd. <laughs> he looked, looked like he'd rather like be down the pub or something. Gone and gone and grabbed off the street and pulled him in. Um, so yeah, and, and then he um, so that match for anyone who's wondering that match took place in 1983, so a fair while ago, yeah. And then MGF came out to like sort of retort, and then Punk held up the pit that that now quite famous picture of Punk meeting a young MGF. And uh, we, we both popped fucking loud for this. He said he, he, he quoted um, Raul Julia in Street Fighter. Yeah, and said um, when you met me, it was the greatest day of your life. For me, it was Friday. 
yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> Paul, Paul just dropping fucking Street Fighter uh, quotes with Guy. That was exceptional. Um, and then he said, um, I, I love that they said like uh, at Revolution, the price you paid for this photo will pale in comparison to the price you'll pay at Revolution. Yeah. I thought, oh, that was that. I mean, when Punk wants to like, like my, my favorite like part, like Happy Punk is fun, but like when he gets a little bit pissed off and a little bit angry, that's like for me when it's really like the good times. Like that, that promo we caught after the Kingston match where he was like covered in blood, and like that promo we and like the, the sort of end of this when he got a bit biblical. Uh, that this is like the, the slightly slightly fiery scene Punk is, is the one I really like to see. It, yeah, it's, I like it because so when. When me and Troy were on the way down to London yesterday, we were kind of having to talk about like AW and like the way that they've always kind of got like an iron in the fire, just just slowly, slowly warming, like warming up as other stuff's going on. And the main, the main, um, main thing obviously was uh, the Wardlow face turns on the way. But the other thing which I kind of like touched on to him was also the slow, slow heel turn of CM Punk. He's just starting to show a little bit of a little bit of bastardry just in the little corners, isn't he? And like the more yeah, the more kind of the more like of a challenging opponent he gets. And I don't mean like challenging as in like, oh yeah, he's not wrestling anyone who's any good. I mean as in like someone who he actually has to kind of like think of what he's how he's gonna approach them, like an MJF, like an Eddie Kingston, even like Derby. It's <clears throat> gradually you can see he's getting like Right, I'm gonna to have to resort to this. It's almost like he's trying to. It's almost like it takes effort for him to be like this nice guy character. Yeah, and when he has to, when he has to focus his effort to something else, like a hard match or a big feud, like the, the cracks start to show, and like you see who he really is underneath. Yeah, and I think when we do eventually get that CM Punk heel turn, it's gonna be glorious because it's you, you've been able to see kind of like the cracks showing and. Him, him, like questioning why he's being such this, such this nice guy, and like, obviously, when he said, "I remember who the fuck I am," it's like, okay, you know, you know. <laughs> but yeah, this is. I mean, is anyone not hyped for this match now? Does anyone not want to see this? Because I'm fucking ready. Um, I'm so excited. I think out of all the matches on the Revolution card, and we'll we'll break it down a little bit. This is probably one of the ones I'm most excited for. And it's, it's weird because we, we were talking a few weeks ago about how we thought maybe the build for this match had possibly gone on a bit too long. But, yeah. then, they, they, but then they sort of did the Wardlow thing and they sort of used that as like an extension. And it really, I think it's really worked for the feud. Yeah, I think I think them they could have done with having the match, the first match a little bit earlier. But as a whole, I feel like, like that whole first match and Punk having to earn his rematch against MJF. It it's added almost like a bit of a like new lease on life on the on the feud. Yeah, I mean, yeah, super excited for that revolution. Uh, and it's only the, the second time they've ever done a dog collar match. Obviously, the first one was fucking excellent. It was Cody and yeah. Brody. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. And then next up, we had another interview. Uh, one of the premise. Oh, and sorry, just to cap it all off, uh, which also really added to the, the sort of gravitas of the moment. MGF came out on the mic. And just had nothing to say. He, he couldn't think of anything to say. He just dropped the mic and walked back to the to the locker room, which was pretty cool. A really cool visual. Yeah, he looked very angry about it. Um, and I, I think MJF's probably going to do. 
absolute like it's it's a week and a half, is it? So we've got one. We've got two more episodes of Dynamite before. Uh, yeah, we've got this week's and next week's. It's sorry, two weeks, isn't it? Um, yeah, two more episodes, two more Dynamites. It's yeah, two weeks. It's two. It's two weeks yesterday. Is the, is the show? Yeah, Dynamite's two revolu- uh two rampages. So, in theory, there's a lot like they can kind of do. Like they could have MJF get like have Punk have to go through all of the pinnacle again. Um, or who knows what? Like I, I know Punk on a twist has been. F- Season having a match with FTR again, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd settle just for like MGF getting the pinnacle the beat punk up or something just to put a bit of heat on it, yeah, yeah. And or, like next, or week, even, like next yeah, week or, or so, just, just tie a chain around his neck and throw him to stay or like into a wall or something, go you know, something, something yeah. with chains because the dog has got a chain on it. So, uh, right then, moving on. Next up, then we had, um. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Christian, Jurassic Express, getting interviewed by Tony. Um, and this is this is a little interesting. So there's going to be a tag team battle royal next week, and then one the week after. And the winners of those two tag team battle royals will face Jurassic Express in a three-way tag match for the belts. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably going to be the Bucks and Red Dragon, isn't it? I think it's going to... So we talked about this, and I've come around to two possible possibilities. One, either one, it is the Bucks and Red Dragon, or two, the Bucks and Red Dragon accidentally screw each other out of both Battle Royals. Yeah, the Bucks versus Red Dragon. Yeah. That, that could work, too. Um, but then who else do you put... If not the Bucks and Red Dragon, who else do you put in the in the main event, in the, in the pay-per-view? Who else have you been heating up? Maybe maybe Proud and Powerful? I was going to say you could do Proud and Powerful cause that, and then, but then I mean Jericho and Hager would have to win as well. Is, no, they can, just, they, can just, they can just get fucked. I think Jericho's going to be having a match with Eddie Kingston at Revolution. Yeah. So, that, so um, I don't know. It, it's weird. Like I'd be quite happy if it was just two random teams but also with like little heat on it but then you can kind of make it work. It feels like kind of all the big tag teams are kind of in programs, aren't they? So like Death Triangle and House of Black are having a thing. Yeah, I mean, in a circle, could... in a circle, having a thing, um, unless it's like the bloody butcher and the blade and private party. Yeah, I mean, they could feasibly have just have like death triangle and um and kings of black road in there. Oh, and they Malachi and Brody just eat Jurassic Express's souls to start the match, and then they just they just have a death triangle versus House of Black feud, like in a t- in a three way tag team match without Jurassic Express around. They just just sideline them immediately. Yeah. Well, I, I I know Phoenix is um he's not quite ready yet, is he, to come back? All right, okay, and that that makes it that, that could potentially be interesting then, yeah. Um, that'd be and an interesting got, dynamic, wouldn't it? Yeah, and we've got the rematch of Kings of the Black Throne versus Pack and Pencil tomorrow. You know, well, you could, well, yeah, Wednesday, yeah. But would you would you then do that and then do it again at the pay per view, but with Jurassic well, Express that, in there that's as well? What I mean, you, you but oh, actually, that would mean that then if they're having that match tomorrow, then they're not in the battle room. Yeah. Hmm. Not in this one, anyway, but not in this one. But that that would mean that neither like the like neither team could win both. Like both, if that makes sense. Is there a chance that Jurassic Express can drop the belts here? I think adding the third team definitely adds like the kind of opportunity for them to get the belts off Jurassic Express while protecting them. Yeah, it gives a way to, to not take. It gives Jungle Boy a way to not take the pin if he wants to lose the titles. You could have like yeah. you could have like Santana pin Brian Pillman. Julian, for example, to win. I mean, it doesn't. Um, I mean, we, we've it's it's mad, isn't it? Because we've like kind of 
we're in a position where we don't know who these two teams are going to be. But we've said multiple times, AEW, we've got like an embarrassment of riches when it comes to tag teams. So it, it's not necessarily a bad thing either way. We're going to, no. we're pretty uh, much guaranteed it's going to be a good match. Important to note the butcher's back. There's butcher Matt. Yeah, but he, he was back on dark. He's back on dark this week. What? What if? Because um, Jeff Hardy's really uh, ninety days is up the rampage after. Um, or the day. Sorry, it's up the Thursday between like um, rampage and dynamite. I don't know if dynamite's. It's the ninth, isn't it? Which yeah, is actually the Wednesday. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. shit! I does and um, so. That, that being said, what if Matt Hardy and Andrade are one of the teams that win? And then because they because they uh, like don't win, then Matt gets kicked out of the Hardy family office and comes back with Jeff. I mean, like you're saying, until until next week, until we know what at least one of the teams are, we, it's really hard to speculate on this, isn't it? Uh, just shout out to this one for Jungle Boy saying that he loves a good three-way. And Luchasaurus gasping, and then doing the same tag match, and then later in the uh, promo, uh, Luchasaurus is going three way, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is fucking incredible. <laughs> Luchasaurus is pro, like promos are so good. <laughs> what was he said last week? He just said ass boys, didn't he? Yeah, oh, he just shouting apples at one point. <laughs> yeah, right. Then on to some proper wrestling. Uh, Since the reason we haven't got Aaron on the podcast because he hates all this grappling stuff. Even though he loves Lee Moriarty, so I don't know. Um, but Brian Danielson versus Lee Moriarty. He also loves Daniel Garcia. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I don't know what he likes. To be fair, I don't think he knows what, what he likes. To be fair, <laughs> um, this match was fucking excellent, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. It was so, it, it was good because like I and I, I want them to kind of continue the, down this road of obviously all the guys that Brian has named in that promo that he cut cut to Moxley about wanting to mentor. Yeah, so Daniel Garcia really needs Yeah. Lee Mario. I'd quite happily see Brian in the next couple of weeks just wrestle each one of them. Um, remember the bit in this match when they were literally both just fighting upside down? Yeah. <laughs> because they can. I made up Lee Moriarty's getting time to actually showcase what he can do. Because like I've seen a few of his matches like before he got signed to AW, and every time I saw him, I was like, this guy's good. Yeah. Like his uh, match with him, Jonathan Gresham and PWG that he had at uh, Mystery Vortex was phenomenal. It was such a good, like, technical match. Um, and that when he's when he's given the time to actually show what he can do, he's, he's for me, one of the best, like, kind of, like, rising talents in AEW. Yeah, fair. Um, I mean, lots of, I mean, lots of good stuff from Lee Ramirez. He came out first when he came out to his um, song off the new AEW album. He did. Which was pretty swish. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, he, he got he broke he broke out in the bell lock. He got his foot on the rope from that, which was quite awesome. Um, a lot of this was and Brian Danielson plays his role perfectly here because he's he's like the cocky veteran. He, he kind of takes him a little bit lightly, but at the same time, mm. there's a number of times where he just like stops what he's doing and slaps him in the face. <laughs> like like it, he really he really, he really like sort of pushes him around quite a bit, doesn't he? It had it had the kind of weird like student teacher vibes. This match, I thought, like obviously then. He's not like it's not student teacher relationship, but obviously with like Brian kind of teasing that he he's gonna have this faction of like all these like good technical wrestlers that he's gonna make the future of AEW. Yeah, it, it was 
it was like those times where he would he'd like let Lee kind of gain control of the match just so he could like slip, like shove him down and like test the result. Yeah, it was almost like he wanted Moriarty to show him what he had. Basically, he was like, yeah. right, then have a crack, and then he just like take back over. And and it was good because it, it meant Moriarty looked like a threat, but he he never quite. You still got the feeling that Brian Dynast is obviously in that next level. Mm. But Lee Moriarty didn't look like a geek. He, he, he looked like he was he could have on, on another day with a with a bit of luck, he probably he might have been able to pull it off. Yeah. Um so the finish was Danielson hit a devastating looking knee. Uh that, that Mar- Moriarty thought was fucking tremendous. Yeah, he, 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 he sold it like he was out from that, basically. He, 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 he folded himself up like a fucking accordion. Yeah. Then he stomped him in the head a bit, and then he put on a triangle sleeper. But I think that was uh, that was elementary, really, at that point. Because mm. Moriarty went moving, <laughs> he tapped out. He, he, was, yeah. he was immediately out. And then as he had him in the triangle joke, uh, Daniels just flexed the biceps a bit as well, which was which was lovely. A little bit of shithousery. Yeah. I, I um, I feel like this was kind of that. This was sort of the map that's the match that we're going to look back on and say that was like the kind of turning point for Lee Moriarty. Yeah, that, that's you talk about an AW like having your your sort of moment you can hang your hat on and say right, this is when everyone because mm. the AW fans uh they're very they've got good memories and they'll, they'll once you see a good match you're like all right okay that we know what this guy can do now. Mad, mad, that, that isn't it the idea of wrestling fans having good memories. And <laughs> um, it, it's yeah like the the thing it kind of reminds me of a bit is when um when Sammy and Darby had the first match on was it was it on Revolution. I think well, so. We, yeah. Don't yeah. Want it. Anyway, um, it was a real. It, it was a real statement, not a win, yeah. but a real statement performance. Very much was, like, much like, um, well, Daniel Garcia against Brian Anderson as well. You know, he's he's got this knack of drawing these sort of massive performances. Have you? We're not at Garcia, Daniel, are we? Have we not? Garcia Punk. Garcia Punk. That's the one. Sorry. Yeah. No, we will have Garcia Danielson. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I really, I really want it. Um, so I, I mean, I was already, I was thinking ahead. My mind was already on the Moxie promo, so yeah, distracted because fuck me. So after this, Danielson calls out Moxie. He said he wants an answer for the uh, question he asked him the other week. Moxie's music comes out, um, and he is just so over, isn't he? <laughs> like I don't know if if the plan is to turn him heel in this segment. I don't know how they're going to do it. I, I think it's it's hard, isn't it? Because like I don't think he's. I think he, he's good enough that he can turn heel. But I think he's over enough that the fans won't want to boo him. If he like, good, good luck getting these fans to boo him because they absolutely love him. Yeah. But then carrying on with very much the, with the, 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 the sort of CM Punk theme, Moxie cuts a promo that's also quite sort of dripping in history. He talks about like going back to his time in the Indies a decade ago when he was like when he first wrestled Danielson and like he, he showed up late. And it's Moxie's got this like it's a very different style from Punk and the way he delivers promos. It's a lot more it's a lot more sort of like a stream of consciousness sort of thing, the way Moxie does promos and it but it really works. Yeah, he, he's um the the way Moxie kind of cuts a promo is it, it, it's it's like he's literally like he's telling you a story over a pint. Yeah. Or telling you an anecdote over a pint. Whereas like so, some of the others punk like punk, it's like a it it's always kind of like a declaration more than anything, isn't it? Yeah, but, but Moxie's got it's just so 
it's so casual and but it's but in a way that really works, really fits his character. Um yeah. and he talks about how he's never beaten Danielson, even though he's fought him so many times. And then he said, Yeah. And then it, like he ends, he's like, I'm not saying yes, but I'm not saying no. And then Danielson's like smiling, like he's like giving it the big, like, yeah, come on, let's go and do it. And then that lovely, that lovely final line, Richie says, I don't stand side by side with anyone until I believe with them first. Yeah, my God, that, that match going to fucking... I mean, is that on Revolution, surely? Yeah, I think that's going to get, that's probably going to get announced on Dynamite. I mean, we'll talk about this card, like you say, a bit later, but Jesus Christ, it's stacked in it. it. It's what's good is with the way AEW booked the shows at the moment is that they put so many good matches on free TV that you kind of like, what the fuck are they going to top this? And then when they do announce a pay-per-view card, you're like, all right, yeah, that, that that's how we top it. Okay, fair enough. And this is and this is great because like Moxley Danielson is the match we should have got before Mox had to go to rehab. Yeah, and so that, they've they brought they brought it back. And well, this was going to be on the last pay-per-view, so they're literally just going, all right, we'll just we'll just here we go. This story, this is just falling in our lap. Now we've got this awesome storyline about Mox and Danielson potentially teaming up and going to kick ass throughout the roster. And so we're just going to put it on the next pay-per-view and everyone's still mad for it. It's still going to absolutely bang. So yeah, uh, Danielson is just having the time of his life and this, playing this character, isn't he? It's, it's, he's having so much fun. Yeah. I really want Mox and Danielson to become a tag team, though. Yeah. And that'd be so fun. Side Eddie Kingston, I just... <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> he's got his own mates it's fine we'll talk about that in a bit um, yeah, Kingston's probably getting his own fa- his own faction again isn't he like proper yeah. faction like just thrown together so next up then we've got um, Keith Lee Vignette where he basically says he's coming to AEW to make a statement phase one's done ladder match is phase two and then after that TNT championship uh, Sammy Guevara's in danger yeah I mean the, no matter how you look at it all the people in the ladder match so far are people who you'd assume would probably murder Sammy. I mean, Keith Lee, if you into the ladder match, would just bail him into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll get on it when we kind of cover the other two participants that we know so far. But I, I know that you, you've like had to get like a load of batteries and tea towels, haven't you? Oh yeah, it's gonna be. I'm gonna have to. I mean, it's this is like gonna be at like two in the morning. I'm gonna have to like have the windows up because the house alarm's gonna be off the chain. I mean, we've got Wardlow. We've got so far up to in in terms of this, we've got Wardlow and Keith Lee. Well, it was just Keith Lee at this point, wasn't it? Um, Wardlow's match just after this. Yeah, Wardlow qualifies. Spoiler: Wardlow qualifies just after this, and then spoiler again: Hobbs qualifies uh, later on as well. Uh, So you've got three big meaty men to slap a lot of meat in this ladder match. Did, did you notice as well, in all three matches, they've had the, the guy like Beal, the other guy from the corner. Yeah, so I think that they need to put someone in, like Serpentico or, or someone, that they can just I, take turns throwing around. I reckon they might put Darby in it, just so Darby can be there to just get launched. I want a spot where like all three of them just line up like outside the ring and take turns, seeing how far they can throw Darby down the ramp. Or if they get three little flippy guys, there's going to be a spot where like all three yeah. of them... Like have a competition to see who can be the guy the furthest. <laughs> just, just, just for like the purposes of like of it so far as well. I believe that Wardlow had like the most. Well, Hobbs had the most distance. Wardlow had the most impressive because his was like on Max Caster, who was much bigger than the other two. Yeah, true. 
Um, yeah, but that, that that was a really nice little vignette with Keith Lee. Uh, he's got a voice like melted butter, hasn't he? Jesus Christ! I, I could literally listen to Keith Keith Lee talk for like just like if if he decided to release a series of audio books, I'd listen to them to fall asleep because he relaxed that much. Well, presumably he's just joined AW. He's going to be on the, either the Jericho podcast or AW Unrestricted at some point in the near future. Yeah, so I can we can look forward to that. Have you seen this documentary that's on the WWE Network? Yes. Yeah, that's that's very, good. very good for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, next up then, we have Max Caster versus Wardlow in aforementioned Face of the Revolution qualifying match. Uh, a little bit from Max Caster's rap. Uh, he takes aim at Tennessee Hot Chicken. Nashville Hot Chicken, sorry. Um, and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the t- Tennessee Titans were knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. That's why he said knock out first round of the Titans. Right. And also refers to Wardlow as MGF's bitch boy. Which is probably not the smartest thing to say to Wardlow as you're coming down the ramp towards him. Actual murder of Wardlow. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, not going to go into this match. He basically, I mean, Caster hits Wardlow with a chain when he goes up for a powerbomb first, and he almost and he goes for the elbow drop, and Wardlow just—it's a very, very close, um, believable two and a half count. Yeah, that was the big moment for him. And then after that, um, yeah, basically just gets the powerbomb in. And yeah, mm. that's it. It's kind of all over. Was a big deal as well, as I say. Yeah, the big deal, which was quite the nice. The fucking that Wardlow got Max Caster up for when you think Max Caster's not a small guy. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Bowens comes in for, to attack him. Spears just stands, sits on the chair on the outside, uh, watching on. Wardlow overcomes Bowens, gives him a couple of power bombs, and then as Wardlow celebrating, Spears runs in and hits the both of the chairs while they're on the floor. Chair perverse, yeah. Um, and that's it. Well, um, Wardlow lacks a bit pissed off, but then, yeah, Spears kind of goes off. Uh, next up then, we had a quick interview with Mercedes Martinez, Rick Baker, Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Um, weirdly, Rick Baker's hanging out with uh, Martin Grove from Karate Kid Cobra Kai. Yeah. Just reasons. Uh, Mercedes, Mercedes Rick, says... Rick Cobra Kai, which do you think wouldn't get her over? Did you did you see Britt Baker? Do you have Britt Baker allies with Cobra Kai on your um no. on your twenty twenty two bingo card? Because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, did not. Absolutely not. Mercedes says it's time for her to murder a bitch, and uh, Martin Crow says she should finish her and show no mercy. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd love to know the story behind that. Was he just? Is he just a fan? Was he just like hanging around and then they, they had him backstage? Or is Brit a fan of Cobra Kai? I, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, they also had Sabrina the Teenage Witch there. They actually did have Melissa and Hart there, which was awesome. Melissa and Hart, AW fan confirmed. That makes thirteen-year-old me so happy. Yeah. Uh, the young books um, had their bio was uh, Clarissa explained it all to us as well for a few days after the show. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, right next up then we had Hangman Adam Page in the ring he's about to have a little interview about his match last week against Lance Archer as soon as he starts talking Adam Cole comes out and if this is this is a did, did you buy this from Adam Cole? No because he's a piece of shit um, <laughs> so he's being all nice and respectful well, and he's sort of playing it, on like the 10 year relationship and it was weird because he did come across like weirdly sincere at first. Yeah, but like I was, I was literally the whole time waiting for like the box to show up or Red Dragon to show up or Jay White to show up. 
I was just I was waiting for what, like who's going to come out here. I like how as soon as he comes out, because obviously he's Adam Cole and all the fans do the boom and they do the Adam Cole baby. Um, he, he gets in the ring and to get his heat, he has to immediately bully Tony out of the ring. Yeah. So he, he kicks Cody, he kicks Tony out of the ring, and um, the fans boo. Because everyone loves to, you can't be, you can't be, you can't be bad, be bad, bad. you can't do Tony Day again. You know he's, he's a fucking natural treasure. Um, yeah. and yeah, so he, he starts off this big sincere promo about like how you know he's, he's made up that like Adam Cole's champion and you know he's, he's earned the title and he's defended it well, and then he kind of turns it a little bit and uh, says, Now that we're in the same company together, you're just the other Adam, yeah. Um, and then that, that, that sort of roused Hamlet yeah. he put he puts the belt down, he, he's looking for a, he starts rolling his sleeves up, he's looking for like for, for fisticuffs, yeah. It, it, it's that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it, he's very easy to kind of, like, he's very, like, kind of emotionally dri- driven, his old hangman. Yeah, and that's, 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 that's the way heels are going to provoke him, isn't it? Like, yeah. Either by being friends like Cole's been doing, or just being a piece of shit to him, like and, Cole's and, been. And Cole plays on his, like, on his insecurities as well, because he basically says, talking about friendship, he said the books haven't said hangman's name in weeks, and he said he hasn't seen him out with the Dark Order in months. And Cole kind of like takes this. He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I've, I've made mistakes. I'm not perfect." Uh, and yeah, and then and then another like nice little. He says he's not sure Cole has the best record of friendships either. Obviously, make they they make like little references to like Cole and Kyle having this like sort of animosity from, and Cole, from yeah. Um, and yeah, so Cole basically says, "Yeah, one day I'll fight you for the title. May the best man win." Shakes his hand. Hangman sort of looks a little bit wary, shakes his hand. However, Cole leaves as Cole's coming out of the ring. Red Dragon run in, just jump Hangman, batter him. Cole runs in, beats on him. And then at this point, <laughs> so I was watching it with Sarah. She was like, why, why aren't the Dark Order coming out? Why did not the Dark Order come out anymore? And as she said that, the Dark Order ran out. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was weird this because like obviously they were trying to like build up um they, they were trying to build up the whole, um, the whole like ten versus Cole match that they're gonna have on Rampage, but it it kind of feel out of nowhere the way they like made the, all of a sudden ten the focal point. Yeah, it's like thing. oh look, ten is beating up all the security guards for some reason because he's frustrated. Yeah, I mean it was cool to see could ten just run through everyone and throw one guy into all the other guys. Yeah. That, was, that was quite nice. Uh, but yeah, um, so we have that set up Cole V10 on Rampage. I mean, this is a really good promo. It really played to it really played to both these guys' strengths as characters. Like Cole was that sort of cocky, smarmy, like little under. Yeah, that, that, yeah, he was. It was a sincere promo on like face value, but had that like it had like a sneering undercurrent throughout the entire thing. He was like, it was like a compliment sandwich, wasn't it? He was like nagging him every now and then. He was like, oh yeah, you know, other oh, Adam, but you know, I respect you, but you know, got no friends, but you know, it was kind of he was very clever the way he sort of put it all together. And as you say, Hangman just continues to be ruled by his emotions and very easy to, to sort of manipulate in that way. Yeah, and then yeah. obviously you had a good old, good old Red Dragon beatdown because they 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 like your your bulk and score now, aren't they? Who just like come in and do the dirty work for Adam Cole? Yeah, I feel as I say, I feel like they're kind of they slowly getting to Red Dragon versus the Bucks, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Or what? What would be very in- even more interesting would be if uh, Red Dragon then turn on Cole and as Red Dragon and Jay White. 
Yeah, and like so Cole like usurps Kenny, but then Jay White in turn like because there's there's kind of a there's kind of a like even now early on there's kind of like a, a feeling that Cole might have unleashed a monster here that he might not be able to control in Jay White. Yeah, like there's definitely gonna there's definitely already feels like there's a power struggle. Yeah, um, like Cole's a little bit uneasy. He's like, well, he's 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 our friend, right? And he's not quite convinced when he says that, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, like. Though that's the that's the like mad thing. So Cole was obviously kicked out of the Bullet Club by the Bucks. Bucks, Bucks and um, Kenny were kicked out by God. Jay White, Jay White's kicked out. Um, Ke- well, Jay White kind of kicked out Kenny as well. Um, and then Jay White obviously just kicked out God. Yeah. So it, it it's interesting because Jay White really seems like he's trying to. Make his own, like forge his own history with the Bullet Club, and the Good Brothers are back in, and they're friends with the Bucks and Kenny. Yeah, it's interesting. I I feel like God is showing up in AEW at some point. Yeah. Uh, Right then, moving on. This is the match. (laughs) Very much on the card. This is one that gave me the most fear because it was Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Santana and Ortiz. Oh God. Yeah. Again, my pop of the night was right at the start of this match, just before the bell rings. Eddie King's music hits, and he's back. And he got a fucking Austin pop. Oh my god! Like it continues. I, to, it continues to warm my heart that Eddie Kingston is so over on a nationally televised wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as the music hit, everyone lost their shit. It was great. Like, wrestling fans chant, "You deserve it" a lot in this mm-hmm. in business, but like with Eddie Kingston, it is absolutely applicable like that man deserves everything he gets in terms of success in AW yeah uh, so yeah match uh, just have to point out Jericho and Hager are fucking cut they look in great shape yeah I know Brad and Pavel have Brad and Pavel have been in really good physical shape for a while now but even Jericho like Hager looks like he's, he's prepping for an MMA fight maybe he looks like he's, he's maybe in training because he's, he's really down in size. He's a lot leaner and left a lot thinner around the around the chest and waist. When, like, when was the last time he actually wrestled? I mean, I remember him doing the MMA match with Wardlow. It was probably um, Stadium Stampede. It's fine, I feel like he. I feel like he had wrestled. Like, Has he done Dark, maybe? No, he doesn't really. They kept him the fuck away from CM Punk because he ain't allowed to touch Big Phil. No, he's not allowed to touch Big Phil at all. <laughs> if he drops Punk on his head, fuck me. Tony Khan of conniptions. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. oh, oh, CM Punk being an, an MMA fighter as well. Yeah, they could have an MMA match. There you go. Like him, like him in order. Dude. Yeah. Well, are we not allowed? To, does, does Punk not want us to talk about his MMA career? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So yeah, this match was was actually pretty fun, especially looking back on it in um, in retrospect. Now that I can relax and know that Jericho's yeah. not, Jericho's not going was, over. It was stressful to watch live, but knowing like the outcome of it. Um, the one thing I like about this as well is Eddie Kingston didn't interfere. He just like sat at the ringside and encouraged him. He, he he didn't cheat. He was just trying to you know cheer them on, which was quite nice. And yeah. the, the match actually ended because Jericho 
got in Eddie Kingston's face for no reason and knocked him off the ropes, which then gave Brown Powerful the opportunity to, to hit him. Like they both hit him with big it wasn't like a tag team finisher, they both hit him with a um, a big sort of strike of teach hit him over the ropes and then Santana hit a dish clarious and yeah, Santana pinned Jericho clean in the middle of the ring. That yeah. that uh, that hilarious as well. Oh yeah, that was, was spicy. Healthy. Put some pepper on that, didn't he? Jesus. Yeah, so we should have. And then after Oh, uh, the, the last match that Hager had before this was full gear. Oh, right, okay. That awful match with the American top team. Many oh, fuck, yeah, I forgot about I actually banished that from my memory, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> but he, has, he hasn't had a single match since the world level. Right. Uh, so after the match, Jericho sort of maybe carrying on his heel turn. He just jumps at Kingston and starts laying into him. Yeah, I, I think... The thing is, as well, is that Jericho's never going to um, Jer- Jericho's never going to be the face in that one. It's like no. you cannot like, position you cannot position Jericho, Chris Jericho, as a face against Eddie Kingston in twenty twenty two. Like that is not happening. It's like even when we had Punk versus Kingston, Kingston was the face. Punk was like getting booed. Yeah. Um, I think I, I mean that should be a really good match, shouldn't it? Yeah. And Eddie should go over. You'd like to think so. Eddie needs... I mean, I know Eddie's kind of bulletproof when it comes to booking, but I'd like him to win some pay-per-view matches. Yeah, I feel like that would be like a career victory for him as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, and Jericho would kind of solidify Eddie Kingston as a top I mean, guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a former AW world champion. Yeah. So beating Jericho still has... And he doesn't lose a lot. Like It, it still has prestige. Like Santana pinning Jericho was a big deal in this match. Yeah. It was weird that they chose to protect Hager in that match and not Jericho. Makes me think they're setting Jericho up to for like a bit of a fall from grace to sort of solidify his heel turn, maybe. Yeah. And then his he- you can just have his heavy his heavy uh, Jake Hager in them. Yeah. Uh right then. Next up then we have backstage. Um Red Dragon, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks, and they're having a little bit of a bicker about why they, the Young Bucks didn't come out to help and stuff. And, stuff. and then they, they all start talking about their kids, <laughs> like sort of having like a dad off, and that leads Adam Cole to just like try and calm it down. It's like, you all have beautiful children, mm. which was uh, which is pretty funny. Cole was Cole. I like I like Cole in this sort of like you feel like he's trying to. Well, obviously he it's like I think someone described it as like he's like the type of guy who. I think it was actually on the Dammit Binge podcast. He said he's like the type of guy who just invites all of his mates to, to his birthday party and just assumes that all his sets of friends just get along and they just don't. Yeah. So like he's invited his workmates and his school friends and like they don't really they're not really talking to each other. And Adam Cole's just like, oh no, this will all be fine. Everyone just come and have a good time. And that's just not the case whatsoever. Um yeah, so Adam Cole's just desperately trying to like hold this this like mateship faction together and it literally doesn't work because they 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 actually just do literally walk off in opposite directions. Yeah. And then um, Brandon Cutler's like, so Cole, which way are you going to go? <laughs> Cole's like, shut up, Brandon. So yeah, that was good. Uh, next up then, we have Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa in a no-DQ match for fans of Grievous Injury. This one's this one's for you. Oh, I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, this was, this was excellent. I mean, there was some there was some Sort of little technical hiccups that went no through no fault of the, the ladies in the ring. And um, there was a table that just refused to die. Yeah. 
Thunder Rosa coming out and kill Bill Gay, though. Was oh, fun. yeah, that was that was that was exceptional. So good. Also, like because because we don't we didn't really get to see it when Mercedes was in WWE because she only had a handful of matches while she was there. Um, but one of them was a cage match with Rhea Ripley, which this definitely gave me the similar sort of vibes of that of that match. Yeah, uh, Mercedes can go. She's she's pretty yeah. good. Mercedes is such a good like she's such a good technician. You forget when it comes to like street fights and brawls that she's just as good at that too. Yeah. So yeah, there's a table spot on the outside. So I saw the rest setting up a table, like the legs broken. So instead of setting it normally, she sort of leans it against the, the apron. And when the two women fall on it, it just doesn't break. So they just like sort of hit it and slide down it, and then it cracks at the bottom, which looked horrible. Yeah. It looked like it hurt so much. Yeah. Uh, that was that was nasty. Then a little bit further on, we had uh, that suplex oh, off boy. the top rope, the German suplex off the top rope. That was sad. Where Thunder Rosa landed on like the back of her neck, and then Mercedes went for an elbow drop off the top rope, and she—I think she sort of slipped and just sort of fell on Thunder Rosa's face. Yeah, which looked horrible. But she fell on with yeah. all her weight. The thing—the thing was though, like with this match, like all the all the kind of shortcomings of it were like stuff like that, because it was like a meant to be like a grudge match. It was it, it, it added to like the kind of grittiness of it. Yeah, it was like, oh no, these people are actually trying to hate each other because, of course, this is like a, a no DQ grudge match. Um, and the match finished when Thunder Rosa hit the Fire Thunder Driver on a pile of chairs, which was, yeah, also quite hideous to look at. Yeah. I'd I, I, uh, hate, hate to be uh, the chiropractor for either of these the next day. So then after the match, um, Rosa actually um, shows, shows a respect to Mercedes. She helps her up, bows to her. And then um, Britt Baker comes out with Rebel and Jimmy Hater. And then the Cobra Kai dude's like, I told you he was weak, finisher. So Hater, uh, Jimmy Hater runs in, starts beating up Thunder Rosa with Rebel. And then Britt Baker gives Martinez a cheer and is like, go on, hit Rosa with it now. But she doesn't, so Hater takes her out. Yeah. So that's setting up everything now. So we've got this actually confirmed. We're getting at Revolution. We're getting um, Thunder Rosa v. Britt Baker. Yeah. I think Rose has taken that off Britt. You reckon that's during his time? I, I think it, it should have always been the, the person to the throne Britt with Thunder Rosa. Mm. Like, and if not, I, it, like if not now, when? It's sort of the... Um... Yeah, I, I, I feel like Britt's, Britt's had a really good reign. Probably the, probably the best reign of any women's champion in AEW. Yeah. Uh, and that's no, like, kind of disrespect to, like, Rio Shida or Nyla. But she's just running out of challenge now, isn't she? Yeah, and I feel like that she's done so much for the women's division in AEW that she's almost kind of transcended that belt. Yeah. Britt doesn't need the belt. The belt needs her. And I, I don't think... I, while I don't think Thunder Rosa needs the belt either, I feel like... It's it's just a nice way of kind of acknowledging how much Aaron Britt have like helped the women's division by having Thunder Rosa. I mean, Thunder Rosa in particular, that women's division was on life support at the start of lockdown because Josh yeah. woman couldn't come over and like Thunder Rosa coming in as like initially just like a loan from NWA has just hair and Serena between them have just revitalized that. I mean they came in and fought amongst themselves for the NWA title. And that was yeah. that was the best thing that was in that division for like a good few weeks. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I mean, you could you could always go back and if you put the belt on Thunder Rosa, you can then you, you, they're slowly positioning Serena, I think, for a, a shot at Thunder Rosa. 
Yeah, I, I feel, I feel like as well that Brits, the only really compelling opponent Brit has left that's not Thunder Rosa currently is Jamie Hazer. Yeah, and she's still here. And yeah, and they're, they're already teasing that Jamie's going to turn on Brit. It's just when. Yeah, what better time than when Brit loses the title and she's all angry? Hmm. And also with, with the whole the whole like Brit um being more kind of aligned with like Cole and Cole's like super click, then she doesn't really need to be too heavily involved in the Well that's it. It's mad we're getting to a point now where we're saying like Brit doesn't even need the belt anymore because she's that legit. Brit yeah, Brit doesn't even need to wrestle her, that's the thing. Like she yeah. like she really doesn't. She can she can be part of like this whole like storyline and Whenever Adam Cole has like a gripe with someone, uh, getting involved can then like just that 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 instantly gets her an opponent. Because like they did it with Orange and Chris, didn't he? And yeah, there's plenty of other like women he could do it with. All right. It's like... All right. So next up then, uh, next the next markup moment of the night, uh, a little house of black vignette. Uh, Malachi and Brody are sat around a table in the same house they were in uh, the last time. Mm. And they're, they're looking at tarot cards and Malachi's saying a little spooky bullshit. And I, I love this. Um, I love this bit. So Brody asks, "Who are they waiting for?" Um, Malachi draws another card and it says, "History." Yeah, and then, then the I'd say judgment or juggernaut or something. Yeah, something like that. And then he, um, when he says no violence, going to care about judgment. And then he draws a card and it says judgment. Mm. And then um, you see a man who is absolutely not. Buddy Matthews. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, the... <laughs> if, you go back, if you go back to try and watch, rewatch this, it's been so it's been edited out that last like two seconds. Yeah, clip. there was there was like a two second clip. You could clearly see his like ginger beard, and it was like, all right, that's that's Buddy. Um, but then they've 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 cut that bit out basically, so you can't go back and look one and watch it. it. It's cool because like there's it, it's it almost plays into the whole like um, obviously Malachi when he did the whole reveal vignette of uh, Brody King where we didn't know it was Brody King but we knew it was Brody King yeah um, and on Twitter leading up to that Brody King was kind of like dropping hints well he put a picture of himself standing in the black house yeah um, and Buddy and Swerve have both been doing similar things and I'll I like that it plays into the idea that like Malachi's working behind the scenes to recruit these people, but only showing us what we need to see. Yeah. So when when they do show up, show up, it's like it, it you you can you can believe that he's like had them in his compound and he's been like indoctrinating them, and it just plays into that like cult leader aesthetic so much cooler. I, I love it. Spitting black goo in the face. Oh, it's just House of Black's just the fucking best, aren't they? Yeah. Can't wait. So I mean, it's it's clearly obvious that um, Matthews is going to show up when Phoenix comes back. You'd imagine. Yeah, they need a third man to face Death Triangle, don't they? Just a shame we're not going to get that match at Revolution if Phoenix isn't quite ready. Well, I don't know. Like he was meant to, he was meant to wrestle a triple A's Ray of the Reyes pay per view. Um, was it Ray of the Reyes? I think so. Either either way, trip, triple Mania at the pay per view um, on Saturday night. And they'd advertised their Lucha Bros versus Trilistico and Dragon League. Um, and then Fe- Phoenix basically came out and was like, "Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100 cleared." So 
I'm not going to be wrestling. Um, but he didn't have his arm in a sling. Oh, that's good. So he's, he must be very close then. Yeah, so there's a, there's every possibility that... So who, who, who replaced him? Uh, Penta had a singles match against Drillistico instead. Oh, fair enough. I thought that he just done the normal thing and just got Laredo Kid. No, Laredo Kid was already in a match. Um, he can do two, it's fine. They, they did they did also align with a tie Valkyrie, which is quite interesting. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm... I'm intrigued to see where the house goes from here because they are, for, for me, they're the most kind of captivating thing in AEW at the moment. Yeah, because you still don't know what they're... They haven't, like, coalesced to any... I mean, they're having this feud with Death Triangle, but you don't really know what they're about. You, know, you don't really know what, they, what the goals are. Like, Yeah, it's it's like... I love the fact that Malachi starts where he had, like, just, like, a little bruise under his eye and now it's slowly taken over his face. Yeah, but even though like he's not, even though he's like he's like kind of the leader, he's not like it's not like the Wyatt family where you had like Bray was like the guy and he was going to get the title shots and everything, and everyone else was just there to like sort of push him and help him. Mm. This feels more like an actual coherent unit, and they're all on like sort of the same level. Yeah, it reminds me kind of like when Undertaker was doing the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, it reminds me of that a lot. Where it he doesn't feel like the leader. But you don't know what, like, who the leader is. Then James is a higher power. Not necessarily a higher power because it's is like, it, is it CD again? Oh, I imagine if it's CD, it's CD <laughs> higher power. It's creepy, but shy. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, uh, it, it's cool to kind of, it, it's cool to kind of like see that the, the drip feeding information as well. As I say, like, yeah, all. Like he was, he's using social media to kind of go. Oh yeah, there's this coming. He's on, he's on fucking Tumblr, mate. He's dropping hints on Tumblr. Yeah, he's dropping hints on Tumblr. He's dropping. Because <laughs> he's just seen kid from the fucking early two thousands. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it, we we talk about kind of like creatively stifling someone. Jesus Christ! Imagine, imagine what Bray's going to be able to do when he's a, like back in wrestling. How is how? I mean, again, we don't like to we don't like to throw you know shoot shots on the show, and we don't like to draw comparisons. But how do you have this guy in your company for over a year, and all you give him is a door? Yeah, like or, he's, he's literally making like short films, <laughs> like vignettes, yeah. which are compelling to watch. And like, all you had, all you could give him was an eye patch and say, "Knock on the door, and I'll fight you." Yeah, and and then even even like the return vignettes they were giving him, which have kind of led into this character. It's like yeah. they literally like they, they did all the kind of the Dark Father stuff and all that in WWE just before they released them. He he came back with like the just the contact, yeah, and made it biggie, and then. They released them like a, a couple of days later, but then he just carried that over into like that that, that incredible video he put up just before he debuted yeah. on AW, and then that tied that was like the Mixed bridge that tied him into into AW because he's always said he's, he's always said like I don't want to ever pretend like because he said it's like his character's an, an evolution like constantly throughout his entire career like he's not he's not Tommy End anymore he's he was Alistair Black now he's Malachi Black and, like this is this is the the, the evolution of this persona. Which is fantastic, yeah. and so few wrestlers a get the ability, are given the ability to do that. B have the vision to be able to do that. Yeah, um, 
And yeah, even like with the Buddy Matthews video as well, it tied into um, the Malachi Black oh, one. What a slow burn that's been. Because like when he got released, like, all right, of course, he's going into AW. And then he's like, no, I'm going to Japan for a bit. And like now it looks like he's going into AW, but like six months down the line. Yeah. So uh, it, it's it's just cool. It's just very cool to see. Um, and I, I love I love the kind of dynamic of all these characters coming into it. It's like his own kind of miniature universe within the AEW universe. Well, the Codyverse is gone now, mate. You've got to, got to replace it with something. Well, the House of Black's like the dark Codyverse, isn't it? <laughs> he, did it he did all his Black Six on Cody. Yeah. Uh, right then, we'll move on to the main event. Um, so we, we spoke earlier about Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Well, we're getting it again. Okay with that. Yeah, I mean, if, if you ever just need two guys to just go in a main event for a title match, you, you, you pick these two and be like, right, off you go, lads. Just do, just give us 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and they, they didn't disappoint. It was... Oh, boy, no. They did not. Absolutely barn-burner of a match. I mean, if, I told, if, if you want to sum this up, it's just Sammy doing Sammy things and Darby doing Darby things. And, you know, you, you already know what to expect. Uh, the, the story of the match was very much... Um, they both put their bodies on the line, but in different ways. So Sammy was having to use like all of his offense and Darby was just trying to soak it all up basically and, and withstand the punishments for the most part. A lot of it was Sammy just like hitting Darby with everything he could find and just trying to get him to put it down and he just couldn't. Yeah. Um, interestingly, this is the third time these guys have had a singles match. First time Sammy's won. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there we go. Um, but yeah, like every time, every time these two wrestle each other, it is like just hell to leather, isn't it? Like yeah. they they don't they don't hold anything back. They just literally throw everything in the kitchen sink at one another. And some 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 absolutely standout spots in this match, uh, like yeah. absolute mind blowers. So the bit where Darby dived through the ropes and Sammy give him a cutter on the way down. Yeah, that was metal. Which <laughs> is just nuts. Uh, a little bit later on, uh, Darby's on the apron and Sammy goes to hit with a scent on and Darby moves out of the way. Sammy just eats shit on the apron. That was that was a yeah. particularly upsetting bump. Yeah, it was... Uh, th- there was a lot of very sad bumps in this match, wasn't there? Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was truly excellent. Um... It, this is this is the type of match that really shows you, like how far AEW becomes a company in three years. Is that they they can put these two guys who no one knew who they were when the company started, and yet here they are. One of them is a champion. They're two of the most beloved guys on the roster. Like the fans, the fan buy into this match. Like the fan reaction, the the chance in the crowd, the pops for the moves. Like these two have these two have made it. Like they've made it to the top of, like towards the top of the the card in AEW now, and they've done it like through. Through being excellent in the ring, through hard work, but it's really cool to see that they're able to elevate themselves up to this position. Yeah, because um, they're not big guys; they're not like super heavyweights. They're not like they're not like typical rest professional wrestlers. I think you know in, in the way they they go about the business. Yeah, it, it's it's like the whole four pillars thing. Like it's obviously like in all Japan, they had the four pillars of heaven, which was Masawa uh, Kabashi. Kawada, uh, Kawada and Tai. Um, and they, whenever they were relied upon to have a, a match, it would always be an absolute barn burner. 
And you, you look at AEW and they've got the set, like they've got theirs, which is MJF Derby. Jungle well, yeah, Boy. I mean, look at what we've had in there. We've had MJF Sammy Guevara. We've had MJF Derby. We've had MJF Jungle Boy. All amazing. We've had Derby Sammy a couple of times. Always the amazing. Dar- the Derby Jungle Boy match, the one we've had, was fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, Sammy Jungle Boy, the only one we haven't had. Have we not had that? No, certainly not, not in recent memory. I'm, I'm going to do a little Google and find those. Um, but either way, when we do properly get it, it'll be it'll be a banger. Yeah, when um, Jungle Boy gets on the singles title train, comes after that TNT title. Yeah, we've never had it in a singles match. We've only had them in tag matches. Um, yeah, yeah um, it, it, it's cool because like you've got the, those guys who you can kind of rely on and then you've got the next, you've they've already kind of named the next four, haven't they? Which is like Utah, Moriarty, Garcia, Dante, and Dante, yeah. So, and then you where do you put like Anthony Bowens in that list? And where do you put like you private know, part. they're both private, private, private party, yeah, they're coming up like they're getting better every every time we see them, you know, mm. it's, it's just it's just ridiculous, like, yeah, AW, so so fortunate with the, the, the young, and then they've just signed. Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne, who's like fucking 16. So. Yeah. <laughs> and is already unbelievable. So Yeah, and he's, he's wrestling. Did you see what McFoley said about him? Yeah. He saw him a couple of years ago when he was like 13 or 14, and what he was doing then was like so fucking beyond his years. So he'll, he'll, he'll probably, and negative one as well. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be fuming with Nick Wayne for the AW title. <laughs> So the match ends. Um, Darby goes up for a coffee drop. Andrade sneaks out, hits him with a tablet. And Sammy sort of doesn't realise what's going on. Hits him with a GTH, picks up the three count and picks up the win. Uh, and then that match, really cool um, GTH uh, reversal Darby did as well quite early on in the match. Oh, yeah. Where he kind of like, he rolled through but like caught his leg and like did like a takedown with it. Yeah, it was, I mean, like I said, it was the, the match was just stupendous. It really was. Uh, so after the match, then Mahardy went out, attacked Derby. Uh, Sammy tried to make the save. Then Andrade came in and hit Sammy. Uh, Sting ran in and like scared them off, and that was it. Andrade and Mahardy sort of stood on the on the ramp and sort of cackled a bit. And, yeah, Joe ended. Mahardy's a little bit more unhinged, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's sort of fraying. I think would be the way to describe him. Yeah. Well, he said he keeps saying he's just breaking points. Yeah. Um, there's something he did on Rampage, which was certainly uh, <laughs> cer- certainly very erratic. Behaving, erra- behaving erratically. Uh, yeah. Right, before we move on, do you want to go with any highs and lows, please, Jay? Yeah. Um, did I have a low? I'm just, I'm just going through. I can't, I can't find one. I don't think I did. I thought this was one of the best episodes of Dynamite we've had in a long time. Um, just as far as how well-rounded everything was. I'll give it to the table for not breaking from me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I didn't have a low. Um, as for a high... Uh, oh, fucking hell, this is odd. I mean, it just depends. What do you like? Because it's, it's a, this, this is what we always say AEW is its best when it's like a variety show and there's a little bit of something for everyone. And there was as, def- that was definitely the feeling tonight. As a man who loves technical wrestling, it's got to be Danielson versus Moriarty. But I've I've got to kind of give the flowers, to, give um, 
Martinez and Rosa and Derby and Sammy their flowers as well because they were both tremendous matches. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I'm gonna and the House of Black promo gonna, as well. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go a little a little weird. I'm gonna give it some boxes promo. Ooh, okay, I really enjoyed that like a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, so I'll, I'll hand it for that. Right then, we'll move ahead to Dynamite. Not Dynamite, because done Dynamite. Rampage. Rampage. I just want to say Dynamite really stupidly. Um, that was my excuse. Uh, starting off then with the match we were promised on Dynamite. See, there's there's, there's a record Dynamite. Uh, Adam Cole versus 10. Um, this was pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing with Adam Cole's matches, like in recent times for sure, when he's against a guy who you can tell they've got like a lot of a lot of kind of like hoping being like a big a big player like later on. Like we had it with uh, Jake Atlas. Uh, oh, fuck, who else? They wrestled, he wrestled someone else not that long ago. It was like quite... Oh, you said... Yeah. Um, as well, is that... He, because he's like such a shitbag, he can take the brunt of the offence and at times look like he's really in trouble and just cheat to win. And it doesn't hurt him. Yeah, just hit a little dip blow, a little dip punch, and then... He, and people complain about it, going, oh, why don't you book Adam Cole? But it's like, Adam Cole's fucking amazing. Like, but he's, he's at his best when he's being a piece of shit heel. Right, TNA, back in the day, booked an entire title reign with Bobby Roode, just hoofed people in the dick for like six months, and it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. legitimately, because it, it fits his character, and that's kind of very similar to the way they've got Adam Cole at the moment. Uh, but he's also a really good wrestler. He doesn't win by, mm. he doesn't win just by punching people in the dick. He, he, he uses that to get an opening, and then he does his finisher, and, like, you know, it yeah. kind of makes sense. I mean, well, the, power, the power game from 10 here was just, oof, it was beautiful. Yeah, they 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 really hyped up um, the full Nelson on commentary well. Um, credit to Taz and Excalibur for that one, like, kind of. No, noting how much of a key move that is in 10's Arsenal that full Nelson and yeah. saying if he locks that in it's all over my favourite part of the match was um, when Cole went for the first Panama Sunrise and 10 just like fucking yeeted him over his back just hoofed him into the air yeah he just threw him he just like used his momentum he just sent him it was incredible um, the big spine buster from 10 as well I mean it's not quite a Willie Hobbs spine buster we'll get to that in a bit but it, it's damn nice um, but yeah, 10, 10 looked, he looked like a real credible threat here. But like Cole just, because presented Cole as he had that little edge and experience and that little bit of extra guile to sort of like navigate through the match. He was able to just like get, he was able to take the half chances and just turn the match around. Yeah. Hey, 10 went for the full Nelson a few times, couldn't work it in. As you say, Cole, Cole goes to the dick punch and then hits the boom for the win. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sorry, the second Panama Sunrise attempt as well with 10 just speared him in like mid air. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. nice. So, yeah, Rick, some really, some really good Stark. stuff from 10 in this match. Ricky Starks on commentary uh, saying, oh, yeah, that was a good speed. Not just mine. Not the best speed. <laughs> hey, shout out to Ricky Starks. It's actually his birthday today. Happy birthday to absolute Ricky Starks. Yeah, absolute daddy. Podcast favourite, the stroke daddy himself. We all yeah. love him, especially Aaron. Speaking of Powerhouse Hobbs and Team Taz, uh, he's up next against Dante Martin, face the Revolution ladder match qualifier. Um, again, really fun match. It was very similar to the to the previous match. Where it was literally just a lot of Martin flipping around as much as he could, and like Hobbs trying to. You get the feeling like if Hobbs gets his hands on him, it's all over. 
but like Dante is just too fast. Yeah, Hobbs is so menacing as well. Like he's so good at like just just being a badass, isn't he? Yeah, he just everything he does looks like really hurts. And like, he, yeah, and he, he, he just the look of disdain he gives people. Like he just look, he just want looks like he wants to be done with the match and like not yeah. at the time. There was a bit like near the start where like Dante was like evading, like Hobbs was charging around. Dante was like jumping off the ropes and stuff, and then all of a sudden Hobbs just like grabbed, just like picked him out the air, just, like put his hands up and just grabbed him and pulled him down, <laughs> like he weighed like nothing and just threw him on the floor. And I was like, all right, okay, yeah, that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not not the longest match, but um. Hobbs ended it with a big spine buster. Oh, yeah, he spine busted Dante so hard that his body isn't like the astral plane now. <laughs> he spine busted his soul out of him. Um, yeah, it was uh, not, not, I mean, I'm, I'm glad, I'm really happy he won, but it wasn't the outcome I was had in my head. Yeah, I, 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 I was like secretly hoping that we could just get a big hustle at the match because that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> But I thought, nah, they're so high on Dante at the moment, they're probably going to have him win. They'll have to get, they'll have to have Paul White bring out his reinforced ladder. With Paul White's in it. Oh, don't, don't, don't do this to me. Or Mark Henry. I think that, that means they've definitely got plans for Dante going forward outside of this match. Obviously, they want to keep him out of the, the it sort of feels, TNT. It feels like he's going to take the FTW title off Ricky Starks, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, right, next up then, uh, Tony Schiavone backstage with Jay Cargo, Mark Sterling. Jade is wearing what can only be described as a Ridley jumpsuit. But with dollar signs. But not with dollar signs instead of money, yeah. Dyed her hair green. She's dyed her hair green. She is green like money. She looked like a million bucks though. She yeah. was looking fucking great. Uh, so my Hardy interrupts and basically says, um, Jay Cargo versus the bunny will be a money match. And... Jade Cargo makes my hardy smell her because she smells like money. And then Mark Sterling accepts and so next rampage, next week on rampage. The, the, way, have... Matt, the, the way Matt reacted, like, oh yeah, you do smell like money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so next week on rampage, we're gonna get the bunny versus Jade, which will be that'll be fun. He'll well, he'll be healed, but we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and um Matt does the uh, hardy guns into smart Mark's face and then into Marvez's face. Yeah. And storms off. Next up, then we had Serena Deeb versus Angelica Risk in the Serena Deeb's five-minute rookie challenge. Uh, Angelica Risk lasts a minute and a half. Yeah, Deeb just destroys a knee, locks in a serenity lock. What's the building this for? Is it someone coming in, or is it Sheeta coming back, or is it? I think they're building her up for the Owen. What do you think? What do you think the the end game of this rookie challenge is? I think it's either going to be that. It turns into an open challenge, and then it's going to be like a debut of someone like Athena, maybe. Yeah. Uh, AKM Monu. Because give me that much right now. Yeah, I mean she's she's back wrestling now, isn't she? She wrestled Thunder Rosa a few weeks ago. Yeah. And she's a uh, wrestling Tyre Valkyrie in a couple. Yeah, uh, she's ago. maybe she's been very coy on her gaming streams. People have asked her if she's signed three W. I I I feel like. So Serena Deeb let slip, didn't she? That there's like there's women coming there's in. There's two or three big name women coming in now. The people you kind of assume that being would be um Athena would be the the most obvious of the lot. Uh Mia Yim would be a good shout. 
Um, Taya Valkyrie. Taya Valkyrie. Nixon Newell, Newell aka. Uh, yeah, she, she started making some noise on Twitter about popping up somewhere, didn't she? Yeah, and she's still living in Florida. She's not come back to Wales. Um, and also, uh, the, the other person is Tony Storm. Yeah. Although, because she said in our in our interview with her how much she loved Owen Hart, I'd love to see Lizzie have a win in the Open. In the Open <laughs> yeah, tournament. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Just have a winner. Um, yeah, so there's plenty of women who can come in to if they, they just does turn into like a, a sort of regular challenge, and that'd be I mean, any of them, any of those women we've just talked about would have a bang or a match with Serena. Yeah, I, I feel I, I feel like the as I say, they're using this Serena thing to either she does going to come back with like a robot leg like Danhausen's and just do a murder on it or. Because it feels like we have got one more match left in that either versus the like rivalry, but they kind of put out they put it on ice for a bit because obviously uh, she either needs to go and sort visa issues out, I believe. Yeah, and she's also like, legitimately hurt apparently. Oh, is she? Um, okay. You saw that picture of me after after the match, didn't you? Like, oh fuck yeah, up. it was like black and blue, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I I I think it's, it'd be a really good way to debut someone like. Like T- Tegan Knox would be pet or Nixon. Yeah, like Nixon, because like she's not someone who's going to be overly people are going to be overly familiar with because she didn't get to main roster, main roster really on WWE like two for too long, did she? So mm. you could you could buy her, had, like, you, you could problems. buy the cheat you could buy the cheat come out as a rookie and like a uh, finger quote rookie and then go mm. the not to win but maybe to, to last the five minutes would be. I I think it'd be good if like the person debuts and just beats Steve. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is shades of Taylor Wilde debuting against Dawson Cohen here, isn't it? Mm. But the thing is, as well, Serena Serena Deeb's like a heel, so she she instantly has like the out that like she can like just come up with excuses and shit out the way out of it. Yeah, but oh, you're not really a rookie, you know, you've been around, etc. Whatever. Uh, right, so we'll move on to the main events. Before that, we have the obligatory Mark Henry interview and Trent dropping possibly the best line of all time in AW. That was that was a callback to um, when Chuck Taylor was feuding with Jay White in New Japan, and he called him a knife pervert. So Trent said he's going to slam the forbidden door in Jay White's knife pervert face. Yeah, <laughs> is... Jay White has knife pervert shirts on his uh, pro wrestling TV site as well. Fair, <laughs> because Chuck Taylor called him knife pervert. So yeah, I mean, what a what a fucking way to start this match, and what a match, Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, the promo Jay White cut as well before was really good. And he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to show you why I'm like good and better than yeah. you and all. Yeah, also, he said, he, he, he said when, you're, when you're Jay White, you can do whatever you want, basically. Which yeah. Is, uh... Yeah, read with the switchblade. So, yeah, I mean, what what an absolute fuck-off banger of a match, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to describe it. I, and what was annoying for me, other than... Well, I mean, it was for the whole show, but more so in this match with Jericho kept kind of like downplaying Jay White. Jericho like, trying, go, trying to get himself over at the expense of Jay White. Yeah, like he was going, oh yeah, Jay White's not had like a big match before. It was like, mate, he's fucking main event at the Wrestle Kingdom. More times than you, mate. Yeah, and then when Jericho was talking about his match with Tanahashi, he went, oh yeah, Jay White wrestled the card before me on that match. And I was like, well, actually, he didn't. It was the other way around. <laughs> And also, Jay White, like, first Kota Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom, uh, 
last year was fucking incredible. Yeah. And just Jay White in general was incredible. I mean, anything particularly you want to talk about this match? Because, like, it was... It there was, was just... So, it was, what was cool was there was a lot of scatty suplexes. Like, a lot of both guys took nasty suplexes. Te- Trent's just testing his neck, isn't he? Yeah, he's, just, he's just putting that neck through its paces. Like, you know, when you go through like, the IKEA adverts and you see them, like, stamping on a chair, like, a thousand times to make sure it doesn't break. Yeah. Like, that's what Trent's doing with his neck, I think. Yeah, like when he did that, the the worst the worst thing Trent took was when he went for that spear on the outside, and Jay White just put his knee up. Oh god, yeah, right <laughs> um, that was horrible. Uh, there was a really nasty pile driver Trent hit on Jay White as well. I mean, I'm reading through I'm reading through like the match recap, and a lot of the times it has the word Beretta followed by the word spine first. Yeah, um, though it wasn't didn't Jay White do something? He did something horrible on the apron to Trent. And Trent just like bounced off the apron and hit the floor. Yes. But I can't just... remember what exactly it was. It was like a half and a half suplex on the apron or something. Um and he, no, he just, he just was it a, like a death valley driver or something, or he, he dropped was... him on he, he dropped him on his spine, like on the apron. Yeah, and Trent just dumped on the floor. Um and the the, f- the finish was tremendous as well. Like that reversal into the Blade Runner was just so good. I mean, everything about that, like last little, um, like last little sequence. So it started with the out the two elbow strikes when they were literally just like smacking, they just stiffing the piss out of each other in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Um, and then Beretta hit the big clothesline, hit the power driver, and then White just popped around nowhere, hits the Blade Runner, and yeah, sorts you out. Yeah. Um, there was a reversal as well that Trent did out of the Blade Runner, which was really good, where, like, as Jay was, like, swinging it round. Oh, Trent, yeah, when he, when he, when he picked like, off the suplex. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think there was something else as well. Oh, the other thing as well was obviously Jay White, like, te- like teasing other people coming through the Forbidden Door. Yeah. Mainly Tanahashi. Yeah. He was doing the Tanahashi poses. Uh, he did... He did someone else's move, didn't he? Oh, fuck, who was it? I can't remember. He did, he did somebody else's, someone else's move. And Excalibur was like, oh, that's that guy's move. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I feel like, obviously, they keep referring to the best friends as chaos now. Yeah. Is Dan Harrison like, chaos? Uh, I mean, according to Dan Housen, he is rocky. Did you see, like, Dan- yeah, after last week when he was like, I'm going to have to phone a Carter. Yeah, and Dan Housen's like, oh, Carter said he's busy, just don't worry about it, it's fine. <laughs> Love it. Um, I, I mean, there was no Dan Housen in this, but I don't think you could really have put Dan Housen into a Max this horrible <laughs> and maintained his integrity. <laughs> no, I, I feel... I feel like as well. So interestingly, obviously every week Danhausen's shown up. He's he's had like his sort of like jacket and jeans on, hasn't he? Yeah. This week, that that picture that come out of Danhausen. Yeah. So he came out after the match. The match did me fight the fans. Um, all the best friends came out, and Danhausen had his gear on. Yeah, which would indicate to me Danhausen may be cleared. Yeah. And he could have had a match on dark. Will they, will they debut on Dark though? I'm sure. Like, surely you do, you do like an orange cast, like a pay per view or something like that, you know? 
Yeah, that's fair. They could, or they'll, they'll just make a big deal about it and put him on rampage like, with that. Remember two years ago when Orange Cassidy debuted at Revolution? Yeah, and he just had for months just Orange Cassidy showing up in matches and shit. Yeah. Or walking through promos. Remember how good that match with Pac was because none of us saw it coming. Oh, that's a fucking banging match. I love that match. It's one of my favourite AW matches. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it was interesting that he had gear. And he had yeah. new gear. On the one hand, in this match, you didn't have you know, there was like no Danhausen, but there was intense net drummer. So Yeah. It was it was fine. And this match this match, again, I've said it before, I'll, I'll cap it by saying this match was an absolute cast iron banger. You could absolutely go out your way to check it out. Yeah. After the match, Orange Cassidy came in the ring, checked up on Beretta, Jay White sort of walked out and sort of got in his face, and then Jay White just um, got Orange Cassidy stared at him. Jay White left, and presumably that's when the rest of best friends came out for the for the fans to, love, for the house show fans in the house. I, I, I love I love the way um, that uh, Jay White kind of just goes off Orange Cassidy and just like nudges them with his hip. <laughs> yeah, and I sort of took the piss out of him a bit, didn't he? Yeah, he's being a piece of shit. Uh, right then, so that's Rampage. Uh, I'll just double check if we've got any questions. I think we might have wanted to. Uh, we've got one off Joe. One off Joe. Okay, so before we go to Joe's question, we'll just do very quickly any highs and lows, Jay, from Rampage. Um, I think the high's got to be Jay White versus Trent, hasn't it? I mean, it's, if, you're, if you're talking about terms of pure match quality, with respect to Adam Cole and Ten, yes, yeah, I did. I did like um, Money Jade though as well. Jade's ridiculous drip. Yeah, it's always nice to see. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm having the, the main event. Is, it was. I mean, we, we need to, we need to talk about Trent, like and the fucking tear he's been on since he came he's, back. He's been so good since he came back. Like he's always been good. Like, remember, just before he got it, he hurt his neck. He had that like series with Miro, didn't he? And he had like the match with Penta that he got hurt in. Yeah, but he's come back like a man possessed. Um, yeah, it's like he's. It, it's all well. I, I suppose as well. The other thing is that not that there's any danger they're gonna like have the contracts expire. But best friends' contracts have got to be up. Uh, yeah, if you're not resigning them, then you you hate money. So yeah, that's it. Um. I didn't realize he was. I didn't realize Trent was uh, possessed by the spirit of Kobayashi when he was in um, in hospital. Just came back. To it's, it's, it's just strong style now, forever. <laughs> it's like okay. It it is. It it is just like. It it is it is just like Trent's just been watching loads of fucking. Wrong style matches. Someone's just told him like, "Oh yeah, we've got New Japan guys in." Trent's like, "Oh, we're doing New Japan now." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll it do probably, New Japan. I'll it, do New Japan with everybody. would have literally been like that as well because he's so like aloof. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving I'm loving Trent in 2022. Coming, coming to the motherfucking stars doing burning hammers. Any minute now, mate. Jay, what <laughs> the fucking burning hammer? Uh, yeah, right. And I'm guessing there's no, you know, you haven't got a low verse, I'm guessing. No, I haven't. No lows all week. What a one very, absolute. Very I mean, good. this is this is this is across the board one of the best weeks of AW television. Actually, I can remember. No, I do have a low. It's Chris Jericho. It's Chris Jericho on commentary. <laughs> <laughs> didn't 
it, it's like he's, he's like you know when a dad's trying to show off to like his kids in front of their friends. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I know, I know the thing you're talking about. I know the Pokemons. No, and he like there's one thing that he gets like a laugh from, so then he just keeps doing it. Yeah. It's like people thought, oh yeah, Jericho when he in the pandemic when he did that commentary and with Tony Schiavone and he was like in QT Marshall's school. And it was like, oh yeah, that was actually quite funny. Wouldn't want it all the time, but it's quite funny. Yeah. It's like you know when and you then- watch like you know when you watch how like your mother and like Neil Patrick Harris makes a funny joke. And like, yeah. yeah, that's funny, but I don't want twenty five minutes of that in an episode. Yeah, exactly. And uh- it's like Jericho kind of like saw that people enjoyed it and he's just kind of like just amped it up and it's like it's like after Friends ended and they tried to make just a Joey TV series and they, they realised that no one wants to watch an entire episode of Joey yeah you want a bit of Joey because it's funny but like well, half no, an hour of Joey makes you want to kill yourself I mean these days no one wants to watch an entire episode of Friends either mate oh um <laughs> Right, so, no, that, that's grounds for me getting kicked out. I've got to edit that out, I think, probably in case you listen. Um, right, moving on to the questions, uh, all from the lovely Joe of the Dynamic Bits podcast. You have three. Uh, first of all, what's your perfect Sunday? So that's an Alan Partridge reference. I'm going to have to spin it around and say to you, Jay, what is your perfect Sunday, March 6th? As in, what is your perfect revolution? Oh, I like that. Um, I want the ladder match to be filled with horses. Who wins? So, I, I was talking... Not, not who do you think is going to win. In your perfect world, who wins? Right, okay. So, I was talking to Troy about this and they, they're in a good position where there's a few guys who could feasibly win it. I don't I don't think Hobbs is going to win it. I think it's too soon for Hobbs to win it mm. because he's not going to he's not going to win the TNT title. So, it would be like, well, what's the point? Um... I think perfect well Keith Lee, logical well Wardlow. Right, okay. I feel like Keith Lee doesn't need to win the ladder match. Wardlow, they've got the whole MJF like thing going. Oh yeah, well you need to give me the belt if you win it. And Wardlow's on such a tear that that I feel like that's what they're gonna do. Um and then obviously Mox and Danielson just kill each other for 20 minutes. As do Hangman and Adam Page, Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page, and Adam Cole. You know, in the Mox one, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you finish off, and I'll, and I'll, I'll go. I'll go um, second. Tag teams. I want Kings of the Black Rome to win the tag titles. I'll put them in. Fair. Uh, but also, I could see. I don't know. I'd like. I'd, I really want best best friends to win tag titles this year. Because I feel like they've more than earned it. Um, especially, especially Trent, but Chuck Taylor has been like doing some like awesome work when like he's been given the chance to. Yeah, Chuck needs some recognition, I think. Yeah, like Arcade Anik, he was still one of my favorite matches from last year, and a lot of that was down to like just Chuck doing stupid shit. Yeah, <laughs> like jumping off a Mortal Kombat machine onto Miro. Um, and. Phoenix is cleared, so we got House of Black versus um, versus Lucha Bros. Actually, well, versus Death Triangle. But also, I wouldn't mind if they held if they held that off till Blood and Guts. Uh, main event. Oh, just, I I want Hangman to win it, but I I want like Hangman and Cole to just murder each other. Fair, uh, right? 
I mean, trying to remember what. Oh, and you said Rose over Brit, right? Rose over Brit. I think MJF should beat Punk in the dog collar match. So I want MJF to win clean as a whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I'm, I've got a feeling they're going to have Punk win to cool MJF down a little bit to hold him away from the title picture. Got to keep, they've got to kind of build MJF up, MJF up over three months, haven't they? Yeah. So, yeah, they should cool him off so like he's not having to challenge Hangman soon. But I would love it if he just beat Punk one, two, three, middle of the ring. Yeah. Mox Danielson, I think, I think I'd almost be okay with them doing a double, either a double count out or time limit draw. Time limit draw or just a referee stoppage because they both fucked each other up so bad. Yeah, I think there's going to be as much blood as there was in Hangman versus Danielson. I like, I want to just knock, the, knock each other the fuck out, basically. Yeah. Like they go through a table or something, or I don't know. I want some sort of madness in that match. Um, tag titles. I mean, I'd be fine with Jurassic Express retaining. I, in a perfect world, if I could pick, I want Proud and Purple to win the belts. Yeah, same. Throws um, over Brett. I think it's time. Um, I want Keith Lee to win when he, the Place of Revolution ladder match, and then I want to spirit bomb Sammy so hard that he bounces up into the sky like a character on Smash Bros. and they've been hit with a smash attack. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. Um, there was, I've just thought there was a match we oh, uh, Jericho Kingston. Oh, Kingston. Eddie, obviously. If you don't say Eddie, you're off the podcast forever. I, I want, I want Eddie to backfist the future Jericho so hard that he thinks that Hager's Landstorm he wakes up, puts a fucking flashing Jackson, thinks he's in the thrill seekers. <laughs> Jim Cornette booking the territory. Right, next up then, uh, also from Joe, uh, what is Tony's big surprise, trademark? Um, I don't know for definite. He's not announced anything yet, has he? Well, sure. So he's been in meetings for it. That's the key thing. Lots of meetings, apparently. Yeah, I... So it's not, Mel- a, it's not a signing. It's not a talent signing. Meltzer mentions that... Um, no, Tony's not such shit on Twitter. Yeah. Um, he, he, Mel- hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't gotten the gin yet, mate. He's, uh, that's tomorrow night. Mel- Melter mentioned that um, that there'd been talks between New Japan and AEW about possibly doing a pay per view. Well, not pay per view, but like a big cross branded show. Premium event. Well, it, 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 they were they were saying it was going to be like Night Three of Wrestle Kingdom this year, like yeah. a big cut with events. Um, he also said that there's been talks for AEW debuting in in California, which would make sense, being a big thing. Or the UK, which again, yeah, big deal. Yeah, but I don't think he, I don't need that many. I don't think he, he needs that many that. meetings to hold a wrestling show in his dad's football stadium. Yeah, or or um, the Japan the Japan stuff. You wouldn't need too much talking. Uh, I think it could be a streaming service. I think that my money's on either a streaming service or some sort of new Japan, whether it be in America or Japan, or both. Shibani said we should have an AEW streaming service by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's, only, it's, only, it's only month three, like next week. So, yeah. yeah. So I think it's either that or it's going to... It might be something to do with the game. I mean, I don't think he'd, I don't think he'd put that in the mainstream. But then... Yeah, that's probably more likely going to be Kenny. Kenny would announce something like that, I think. Dropping bombs on that. Uh, yeah, I think it's either going to be they're doing a, a big show overseas or 
on like California or somewhere like that. Okay, so or moving on. Themselves. Moving on to Joe's last question, which I'm going to tie into the previous question. So uh, Joe says, "Will the face of the revolution just be thick boys?" And I think, well, how about what if the big surprise is the biggest surprise, and that is Jeff Cobb is going to be in the face of the revolution ladder match, and we're just going to have Ultimus Hot again. What about Jonah? Jonah, Jeff Cobb, get them all in. I want them all. Me, everyone. Jeff Cobb's already been there, though, you only. Yeah, he fought him off one night. Yeah. And AEW uh, offered him a contract. And he said, we, You can go and work in Japan as well. And he was like, No, I, I just want to do Japan. And I was like, Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, I, I forgot about the secret person there. Or is it definitely going to be one? I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. We don't even know who the, they, other, who the other three members are going to be. Yeah, because there was last year, wasn't it? But the, on the graphic, they've not said that. And obviously, they had Keith Lee as like the secret, the secret qualifier. They, they, yeah, as you said, you know, they didn't get the rest of the last year. They had the surprise first this time. So who could... Swear could be the surprise. I mean, he's a, he's a flippy boy, isn't he? Flippy boy. But he can go, he can go as well. Yeah. He can go, he can go hard as well. What if what if it's what if it's Buddy and he wins the Tenty title and brings it to the House of Black? The Brody King in there. Brody King just hossing people about. Um, I I wanted to be all thick boys, but at the same time, I feel like the they're, they're gonna probably add like a few flippy debbie boys because. And the big thick boys can throw the flippy boys and bubbles. Yeah, it needs to be a bit of balance, isn't it? I mean, I just want to say a little bit. If everyone's a horse, then no one's a horse. You need to have some little boys in the match to get. What, what if to... what if Cody's the surprise? Who, sorry? If Cody's the surprise. <laughs> oh god, comes back and he's just been fully tattooed. But then the next and... is all over his body. <laughs> he's just got face painted the fucking nightmare logo. Yeah, what what if Cody's the surprise and he um. He does what he did last time where he gets taken out of the match and then he's just stood in the entrance way, distracting everybody. No one answers, just poking his head out all the time to see where the match is up to. And he's like waiting for his bits to fucking run out. And I'm just like, not yet, not yet. Oh, God. On that note, I think it's time we drew this to a close. I think that's a perfect place to end it. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us today, Jay. Um, join us all next week then for some more AW talk where we will hopefully know a little bit more about the Revolution ladder match because uh, we're, we're on the road to Revolution now there's only, only two Dynamites left and two, two Rampages so yeah we'll hopefully know a fair whack more next week uh, as always thank you very much for listening stay safe enjoy your wrestling and we'll see you all very soon goodbye uh...
Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. (laughs) 